Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am excited to introduce you to another Redemption Press author, Margaret Brown, and her new novel, Ankle Breaker. But before we roll our conversation, let me give her a proper introduction. Margaret Brown is a wife, mother, grandmother, retired career missionary, spiritual director, and author who holds a master's degree in spiritual formation from Portland Seminary at George Fox University. She loves to read, hike with her dog, Bella, and do crosswords and other puzzles. Margaret and her husband, Marty, live on eight acres outside of Portland, where they love to host friends and family. While she enjoys the ocean, her pinnacle of happiness is spending time with her amazing children and wild and crazy grandkids. So let's roll that conversation. Well, Margaret, thanks so much for being with us today. I'm just delighted to have you on the All Things Podcast. So welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Really fun. Yeah. Well, before we jump into talking about your book, I've got lots of questions for you. I would love for our audience to hear just whatever your favorite Romans 8:28 story is in your life where you've watched God work all things together for good and bring something good out of something that was not fun and you know you can marvel at and see wow look how he brought something good out of that I never could have seen it coming so we just love to hear how he works in your life Great. Thanks. Yeah, this was a really fun question to think about. The story I thought I'd share was, um, it happened in 2005. Um, my husband and I were kind of in a transition um, career-wise, and our kids, our youngest graduated from high school. And uh, so we had two in college and one just graduating from college. And so we were uh, invited to come out uh, to Boston. Uh, we live in Portland. And um, to and always been in the Northwest. We've done ministry. We grew up in California, but we've um, adult lives have been in uh, Montana and Idaho and uh, Oregon, Utah. We um, we went out to Boston, working in ministry there, and we were just going to be a year, it, you know. So it was it was an adventure. It was kind of fun. It was kind of vacation. It felt like to me because we got to travel all over New England and. I had this great team of staff uh, working with college students. We had 30 uh, staff and uh, Marty led this team and um, it was just, you know, great, but it was hard. It was very hard to be away from family. Um, Marty's mom was still alive at the time and uh, our um, kids were, you know, doing their own thing, but we were, and all our friends, our church, everything, you know, was clear on the other side of the, country and New England was kind of like a foreign country to me. I felt like a foreigner there. It was very different. Um, 
culturally and uh, but we were enjoying that kind of difference. So anyway, after about a year, um, we felt the Lord very distinctly calling us to stay and to move and lock, stock and barrel move. <laughs> wow! So, so I always had in my mind, oh, it's only a year, you know, and um, and it was very clear to me that it was the right thing to do. We did a lot of processing, making that decision, but it was really hard for me to leave um, my adult children, mm. you know, to start out their lives and my, uh, all my friends and, you know, everything about life was different and, and new. And I had just started going to uh, George Fox Seminary. I was getting a master's degree. And so that kind of got disrupted and um, it, it was just a lot. And I had a very, um, you know, I, I'm never going to be happy again, kind of attitude. You know? And and moves can be that way. We've had a few. Right. This one was huge. And um, so anyway, as we moved on, we kind of started really liking um, the area. We loved our team. The ministry opportunities were just terrific. I was able to do seminary um, from a distance. I'd go back and forth some, and then I took classes out at um, Burton-Conwell. So it was... Um, you know, it was delightful. We bought a house, uh, you know, we got pretty um, embedded and we just, just began to see the Lord just do some amazing things ministry wise and personally. And we, we were there for about five years and um, we loved it. We loved everyone we worked with. We lots of great relationships and ministry. And, um, but anyway, the Lord called us back to Oregon and that was a hard thing to, to like, really? <laughs> After all of that, we're going back. So we're able just to look back on that five years. Of, it was just really important for our growth, our formation, relationships. And we, we had a lot of ministry influence on our uh, staff there because they were, you know, there were married couples, there were couples with children, couples, uh, getting ready to get married. There were singles, there were students, there was every walk of life. And um, they were all in full-time ministry. So they, so we, you know, had experience. We were able to help them and encourage them. And anyway, when we got back to Portland, we were like, you know, this is the kind of ministry we really want to have is our home. And the staff in Boston would get out of the city and come to our home. We were in New Hampshire and they would, you know, just get out of the teeming busy life in the city and um and we were able to encourage them and so we wanted to keep doing that and um and so we bought property and and um, built a house out in the middle of nowhere and um it's really been a blessing to to use our home and our family for the lord's work and to encourage and minister to people that way so it was um it was classic <laughs> Jesus will, your will, not my will, you know, where he really uh, blessed us in that time. And even though it was um, pretty painful, um, mm. especially to go through that. Anyway. It's funny how that happens when, you know, we think we know how it's going to go. And then he trumps that and says, no, you're going to do this. And, and then all that great fruit comes from it. And then when you think you're going to stay, he's got another plan and, you know, <laughs> then to have him 
take what you learned and how he refined you in that uh, to just take it to the next level, just for you to have uh, just a healthy, flourishing ministry of relationships with people yeah, um, yeah. and to have um, him bring that out of it. I love yeah. that. Okay. So we're going to talk about your book, Ankle Breaker. And the book contains a lot of basketball strategy. So have you ever played basketball yourself? Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) But my husband has. Uh, And my husband is a huge sports nut, you know. And and then, uh, and the story is really his story. It's about this team that he coached. And um, but then our kids play basketball in high school, junior high and high school. And now my grandkids are playing basketball. <laughs> ah. So there's lots of sports and basketball and um, yeah, in our family. Nice. So, so you got to tell me what does the title ankle breaker refer to? Yes. Ankle breaker is a, um, it's a play in basketball that, um, so the defend the, the the offensive player has the ball and and they uh, make a, a maneuver to um, kind of knock the defender off off their track. So they do this crossover. Um, they call it a crossover when the ball goes from one hand to the other. It's a quick move, and the defender um, has to has to re- react to the move, and so they can. Um, tend to twist an ankle or fall uh, because they're off balance. And it, it's it's just kind of this cool metaphor, I think, for life that um, things can come at us that, that are unexpected. And, uh, and, you know, we just need to know how to, how to react and how to respond. And we may end up on the floor, but, you know, we've got to get up and get back. And um, mm. I love that because I am clueless when it comes to basketball and I, you know, what I know. <laughs> so what's that? So I'm glad you explained that. And I, I love the parallel with real life. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess my question is, were you able to interview any of the people involved in these true events for the uh, Yes. The, um, well, my husband mainly, and and it's remarkable that he remembers. It's it's one season, the basketball season. He remembers every game, the score, the you know what happened. Or I mean, this is fifty years ago or whatever. Wow. And, um, you know, but that's just you know any basketball player would do that. They would remember every game and every everything that happened. Um, and he remembers the kids, and so we we were able to. Um, there's really maybe one player that we talked to. Um, the rest, the, the, most of the players we couldn't, um, you know, ever find. But uh, the, the, there's also a cold case murder that's um, in the book. And so the detective for then is connected to the team. Um, and the detective, I've been able, he's still alive. I've been able to talk to him and Hmm. Um, it's been a really cool thing. And then Marty's best friend, Jerry, who's in the uh, book a lot. He, he was his best friend in high school and we're still close friends. So he's, um, we were able to talk through a lot of stuff with him too. 
Nice. So, okay. So the main character of the book is based on your husband. Yes. How did the events of the story impact his sense of urgency to share the gospel? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, pretty formative, this experience for him. Uh, he was a new believer. Um, we were involved in a Christian ministry in college. Um, and so we were, you know, really discipled in um, evangelism and discipleship and trained how to share our faith. So he, he had that, has that value. Um, and this, this story happens right, right after he becomes a Christian. And so it was very formative for um, uh, this idea of the urgency and the, and being ready with the gospel when the opportunity arises. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. So the book touches on a couple of topics that are currently getting a ton of attention, police violence against people of color, and then society's unfair treatment of women. So tell us what kind of response you're getting about your treatment of those two subjects. Um, well, I, I'm get, I haven't gotten a lot of response from the book yet. It hasn't, uh, hasn't really launched yet, <laughs> but people who have read it, you know, recognize um, that, that, that this, the story took place in the seventies and a lot of the issues that we were dealing with as a society in the seventies are still real today and really a part of, um, a part of our world. But, but then as now, um, being ready again, like I said, being ready with the gospel to enter into those issues and, and speak into them. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's just those are human nature kind of issues and societal issues that that keep keep presenting themselves to us as believers and how to deal with them. Yes, they do. And if we are ready to be able to have a conversation about some of those hard things that haven't always been handled well, <laughs> um, it really is an open door for us to share the truth and you know, yeah. have some meaningful conversation around a difficult topic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So since the main plot is based on your husband's personal experiences, how much did he contribute to the writing process? Um, very much involved. And um, he was reminding me this morning, we were talking about some of this stuff and he, he, we went to a movie as a family. This must've been in 2004 or something. Um, that is called uh, Coach Carter. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and we so we saw this movie, and it and we got home, and Marty said, "You know, I coached a team in the '70s that is that story. It's a good story like that. You should write it." <laughs> and we're kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, I, <laughs> I wouldn't know how to do that. And then. Uh, you know, a couple of years later is when uh, the first, the beginning of the book tells the story of how our family was uh, watching cold case files. And, and um, that's what brought the whole thing back into our, uh, our, you know, world and started thinking about, uh, yeah, this story, it, this is really a cool story. Um, wow. A redemptive story that's, uh, yeah. So, so why did your husband choose to coach in a school that couldn't even afford uniforms? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I would say about Marty is, is fundamentally he's, he's very competitive, but he's also kind of for the underdog. 
Mm. Um, and so even when he coached other teams in this league, they were still underdogs because they were, you know, inner city uh, kids and underprivileged, but they were, um, had athletes and, you know, had, you know, history. And so he was going to stop coaching because he just didn't have much time. And it was really hard sometimes to deal with the inequities in the whole thing. And um, so anyway, he uh, wasn't going to coach anymore. And then he was asked to coach for this school that had never had a basketball team. And they didn't, nobody knew how to play basketball. And the the teachers were all women. They didn't know anything about basketball. This is against 1975. And uh, so they, so the um, principal asked him if he would think about coaching. And, you know, he, you know, he d didn't have to even think about it. He was like, of course, you know, this would be a blast. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, or most of us would say, are you kidding? <laughs> you know, um, you know, it was right up his alley. So, mm. so of course, lower economic communities across the country struggle with funding for their schools. What would you say to someone who is considering volunteering or accepting lower pay to work with kids in those types of environments? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I would say, first of all, if, if there's a calling on your life, you mm. know, don't, don't say no to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, to, to follow the Lord's lead. Um, I, I don't think it's, you know, it's very noble, but it's not easy, you know, and, and it, it had not have expectations that every season is going to be a winning season and you're going to turn everything around. And, right. um, but it's really about the kids and, and um, entering into their lives and encouraging them and um, teaching values and, you know, it's, it's, uh, of course they want to win and that's wonderful, but they, uh, that don't always happen. Um, but a lot of other things do happen in the mm -hmm. course of the season and uh, through sports and, and with right. a good coach, you know? Yes. What a great ministry opportunity to yeah. just get to know the kids and encourage them and make, yeah. make a difference in their lives, whether you win or lose. Yeah. Wow. So, Wrapping up, what is the main message that you hope readers will take away from this book? Um, well, I would say that the thing I got out of it as I was working on this and researching it is that, um, you know, life is very unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And um, you never know what's what's happening, what's going to happen and how things are going to go. Um, life is unpredictable. And I think God is unpredictable. And I think we have to be in our Christian life, careful not to put God in a box and give him the formula for our life, um, how we want things to go. But um, my husband always says, I don't need to coach God on how to get me through this situation. No. Um, <laughs> and, and that's the truth, you know, of, of just um, things happen that are difficult and, you know, to be, to have a, a fundamental base of connection to God and then then being able to trust him with whether you're going to coach in a situation like that or enter into a difficult situation, um, trusting him for the ability to do it. And then when life hits you with difficult things, um, being able to trust him for the outcome Amen. and and, uh, and joyfully and thankfully trusting him for the outcome, even though you don't know what it, it, it could be. <laughs> 
not planning at all. Even though it's not looking like what you thought it was going to look like. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's the main thing. I think, I think there's a lot of themes in the book and, you know, different things will strike different people. Um, and, and, you know, um, the characters and the, the story is, you know, there's, there's some amazing, wonderful things that happen and some, and really difficult things that happen. Yeah. And, um, being able to put it all in the context of of God's love for us and protection of us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So if we have some people listening today and they just really want to connect with you on social media or online, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, just Margaret Jane Brown on, on Facebook. Um, there's a lot of Margaret Browns on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> and once the book comes out, you know, there'll be Amazon. And Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It has just been delightful. And I love the using the basketball play to yeah. <laughs> show how life, you know, we, I just love that. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see what God does with it and what open doors he gives you and how he uses the message so god bless your ministry and just keep thank it up you. thank you so much oh you bet thanks for joining me today well thanks so much for joining us today for the all things podcast brought to you by romans 828 bookstore and redemption press if today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.